Everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of Pick and Pod. I'm Dominic Capone. Glad to be joined by P. Hudek and our New York Knicks beat reporter Vinny DeBellis. Guys, we haven't had a, a an episode since the Porzingis news broke that he was traded to the Mavericks. What was your initial reaction, Pete? I guess we'll start with you. I'm just glad we uh, waited a little bit to talk about this because if we had <laughs> talked about this right after, and that's what I we think were I might have doing. had a breakdown <laughs> in studio. It crushed me at first because Porzingis has been our guy. We haven't really drafted a generational talent. We've had some superstars in and out of New York, but they haven't really been homegrown talent. You know, it was so exciting to watch Porzingis grow from that skinny, you know, Latvian guy coming in, you know, not even 20 years old, and then just blocking shots in the stands, hitting threes, looking like a young Dirk, and, you know. Now he's with Dirk in Dallas. Now, Vinny, uh, you're over the phone. Are you still in Atlanta? I am. We are uh, got, got a flight in a few hours. We're nice. still enjoying the whole Super Bowl atmosphere over here, so it's, it's been really cool to say the least. That's awesome. What's your take on the Porzingis? I know you have a hot take about it, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, so when it first broke, I was it was a real head-scratcher for me, and I was thinking that it means the Knicks are betting against them staying healthy. You know, because he's the type of guy, if he if he's healthy, they don't make seven, two wing players who, who are able to dominate games like he is. So he would be the type of guy to build around. But at the same time, the, the other thing is the Knicks, they better have some sort of commitment from either a Kyrie-level player, a KD-level player to, to build something. Because they have the, the cap space. They got to make something happen. Because if they walk away from this whole free agency with a, a Jimmy Butler as their best player, no disrespect, it, it's not going to not gonna be pretty for Knicks fans. Yeah, I believe I was looking before the New York Knicks, $71 million in cap room. The next team that has the highest is the Sacramento Kings at $45 million. So the Knicks definitely have room to pick up two max slots, and that's definitely why they made this trade. It's just interesting because I, I don't know about you guys, my initial reaction was from Knicks fans that they were mad about the trade. Like they were mad that Porzingis left and that the that the Knicks didn't get a high quality player in return. They got like Dennis Smith Jr., obviously DeAndre Jordan and Wes Matthews. And I, I just feel like this is a good trade for the Knicks. I understand they're betting on themselves getting those two max contracts and you don't know if they're coming. But it's better to have the option of two than one with Porzingis who's not healthy. Because in my opinion, a lot of people said that if Porzingis is healthy, Kevin Durant would want to come to the Knicks and team up with him. And I, I get like Kevin Durant might want to come to the Knicks and play for the Knicks, but why would he come and play with Kristaps Porzingis, who is injury-prone, who's been injury-prone his whole career, and if he goes out, then KD is all by himself, maybe with a Zion Williamson if they draft him number one. I get what you're saying. It's a good trade for the Knicks in the moment. It just hurts so much that we had to give up the best player we've drafted since probably Patrick Ewing Mm -hmm. as he's the sweetener to get rid of these bad deals that we've made throughout the years, these awful Knicks deals that they always seem to make. And the best player we get in return is Dennis Smith Jr. If we don't don't sign Tim Hardaway to that contract, if we don't sign Courtney Lee to these terrible contracts, then if you want to trade, Kristaps Porzingis, fine, but go out and get a player that's better than Dennis Smith Jr., one of the picks we got back from Dallas is is protected, top 10 pick <laughs> yep. protected. That's insane. You're telling me Dallas doesn't tra- make that deal if the if the pick isn't protected? I'm sure they would have. 
And tell me this isn't the type of thing also that KP goes to Dallas and he and Doncic for years to come are this crazy force. It's just how the thing things happen with the Knicks is he, 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 he the Knicks luck. He will be healthy and he will <laughs> go off and, and turn them into one of the most fearsome tandems in the league in that, in that one-two in Dallas. Yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from. Now, are you guys, when you look at Kristaps Porzingis, like he even put out yesterday that Knicks fans don't deserve this, that they should stay woke. And I believe, I was reading, and it says, Steve Mills said that the Porzingis meeting was less than five minutes and no longer want to be a part of our group talking about Kristaps Porzingis. So did he bring this upon himself, and he's just trying to spin it in a better light now that it's in public? I think uh, I think there's things we don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty, you know, it's obviously crazy that in one hour he, you know, requests a trade, and within that same hour he's traded. You, you don't trades just don't come along right. That I feel like trade. That, yeah, that means it has to have been in the works for a period of time. Yeah, they were the Knicks had to have been fielding calls for a while mm-hmm. about possible Kristaps trades, and then probably jotting down ones that they really liked, and when. Kristaps came into this meeting. They said, "All right, we know about this Dallas offer. Let's go ahead and take it." And it was also bizarre how they played Dallas the night before, and there was definitely um, some talk. There's no way that he requested a trade within the hour, and they already have a deal done. There was stuff going on behind the scenes. I'm pretty sure about that, without the public knowing about it. And maybe they're trying to paint him as the guy who wanted out, rather than the Knicks sort of being the ones to, to dictate what happens there. But uh, really, really strange situation, to say the least, because it seemed like KP really liked being a New Yorker. He was, you remember those jokes about him having the New York accent out, <laughs> out of nowhere, and he always said he loved playing for the Knicks. It, it just came out of nowhere to me. Yeah, this was a guy who was drafted by the Knicks, got booed, said he was going to turn those boos into cheers. He comes first, first season, basically. He turned it around, and then he's obviously an all-star last year. And now Chris Dapps Porzingis, half the fans hate him, half side with the Knicks, love him and want him back. And it's interesting to think that Chris Dapps Porzingis could have been this guy, this New York guy, bring the city a championship with, with the help of like a KD or anybody that came along and with this number one pick. And it's just, I don't understand why, if he wanted to leave, why he said that. Because you have to know the vision, unless he didn't see a vision. Because it's obvious that the Knicks are tanking. They're trying to get that number one pick. So you have KP hopefully the number one pick, and then a max contract slot trying to build off. If he didn't see that, I'm not sure what he saw in the vision of the Knicks going forward. He obviously thought it wasn't a good fit for him because he said he didn't want to be there. Well, I mean, I think everyone wants to play in New York, right? Madison Square Garden, one of the best places to play basketball. It's that and Staples. I just don't think anyone in the league wants to play for the Dolans. They're just yeah, such bad owners. I heard a report just to kick Knicks fans when they're down after this Kristaps trade <laughs> that LeBron and D. Wade in 08 were willing to play for the Knicks. It was basically done. The deal was done. But the Dolan's pitch was so bad that they're like, we can't play for this guy. Mm-hmm. He's going to ruin our careers. So that's when they, went, yeah, then, they picked up and they went to Miami. Yeah, and then just going off of that, if they're – so hopeful to, to get these two big-time free agencies. I know everybody keeps talking about oh, we're going to have a big three of Zion, uh, KD, and Kyrie. If, if the ownership is that bad and no one likes playing for them, why would those guys who could play for anyone in the league come to New York? They, they better have some sort of reason that is not known to the public as to why they would come play for such poor ownership. And that's like their main selling point, right? Everyone says it's Madison Square Garden. It's the Knicks. 
but we haven't seen a big free agent come here. And then they get a guy like Phil Jackson, who has his 11 championships, trying to get the big free agents. KD doesn't give him an interview. LeBron obviously doesn't come. He wants to go back to Cleveland. So I, I understand it's the Knicks, it's New York, but players like LeBron and KD, they like coming to New York once a year, dropping their 50 points, and then leaving. So... I feel maybe the Nets would be a bigger free agent market for them. Would, would, you, would you guys say in this upcoming free agent class a player would rather play for the Knicks, who you don't know where they're going to be. I understand they have the number one pick. Or the Nets, who have this young group of talent and are already improving and showing strides to be a good team. Uh, if you take all the history out of it and you just make it a purely basketball decision, I definitely would rather play for the Nets. Mm-hmm. They have more confidence in that front office and the coaching staff. Yeah, P, I couldn't agree more. If we're talking X's and O's basketball, it's got to be the Nets. But at the same time, a lot of these decisions are not made based off of that. And I could see these guys saying, you know, the, the Knicks, the, the selling point is always you're, you're winning one from New York. This is New York's team. The Nets can, can never really be that, I don't think. They're always playing second fiddle, even though they're objectively, like I said, X's and O's, better upstart, bright future right now. I still think, though, the Knicks are the just more attractive destination just because of the, the brand name. Yeah, getting rid of the X's and O's, just talking about it from a purely New York Knicks standpoint, if any of these superstars come to New York and they win a championship, they instantly become gods. This, this is like Chicago Cubs-level curse and just as big of a city, if not bigger. If the New York Knicks win a championship, I think the whole city might like shut down for a week. <laughs> it would be insane. It would right. be, you know, people would... It would be bigger than the Eagles celebration, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I agree with you guys in the sense X's and O's, the Nets. I understand people want to say the Knicks, you know, are it's the Mecca, the Madison Square Garden. And now I believe they put themselves in a position to get one step closer to that. Because if you had one max contract, one max contract slot with a KP in the number one pick, yeah, a guy could come. But now, even Pete, you mentioned it in 08 with uh, D. Wade and um, LeBron. LeBron pairing up and coming. Now you have those two spots where someone could pair up, like a Kyrie or a KD or someone else. I'm not sure where those are going because obviously everyone talks. Kyrie wants to be in New York one day, then he says he wants to be a Celtic the next day. You're just hoping the pairing isn't going to be Chris Middleton and Tobias Harris. That's what everyone's saying. Tobias Harris, Chris (laughs) Middleton, some players or some people are saying Goran Dragic is going to be their their max contract guy. It's interesting to, to see where that goes in the future after July when free agent starts. But now, I, I, I want to tie this into something else, and the Anthony Davis situation, because he said, well, reports that he would play for the Knicks. Now, I feel like he even said, I want to play with a contender as well. The Knicks aren't a contender. So if he wanted to come to the Knicks, to me, that means he's planning on signing here long term. But did the, did the Knicks basically ruin those chances of getting AD by trading away Chris Stapps Porzingis, maybe their biggest asset? Well, I mean, it'd be hard for AD and Kristaps to play on the same team, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wouldn't be that. Yeah, no, yeah that's, that's why I'm saying if you still had KP with the Knicks, they could trade KP to the Pelicans, get AD, so, and something like that. Not obviously flip-flop for the two, but with more. But now that the Knicks' best player is DeAndre Jordan, I, you're not gonna, the Pelicans aren't going to take DeAndre Jordan in the number one pick for Anthony Davis. Well, DeAndre Jordan wouldn't even be on the table by the time the Knicks would be trained for Anthony Davis. What I outlined as best-case scenario for the Knicks this summer is they 
Sign Kyrie and KD. Not implausible. Those guys are really good friends. Kyrie has definitely wanted to play in New York. KD, there's been some rumblings. And then you make a package of Dennis Smith Jr., Kevin Knox, uh, you know, any other young players, you know, maybe Mitchell Robinson, Alonzo Trier, and then a couple of those Mavs picks, maybe the Knicks pick this year, and then you trade those assets for AD. That That's what I would outline as best-case scenario for the Knicks this upcoming offseason. Yeah, I can see that working. I think if one thing is important to do, you got to look at if, if they're looking to build this dynamic big three, which is best-case scenario for them, you got to look at how big threes in the past were formed. And, I mean, the Warriors are a little bit different because a lot of those guys were homegrown. But you look at the Celtics back when they won those championships with KG, Pierce, and Ray Allen. Same with the big three in Miami. They had one guy who everybody knew was going to stick around there and had some sort of social connections to the other guys on the team. The Knicks need that if they're going to build. You need one guy to commit and who can do the recruiting to begin with. I think Kyrie's the best bet to that if they can get him to sign early in the free agency period. Now, that's a big if, but without that one guy there who's sort of the staple to start recruiting and start selling that vision, it's not going to happen. And KP could have been that guy, but to me, if they can get Kyrie, it's a it's a better sort of selling point than KP. Yeah, if Kyrie comes to the Knicks or KD comes to the Knicks, it will be easier, obviously, to get the other guy. So if Kyrie comes to the Knicks, KD would feel like, okay, they have Kyrie, they have the number one pick, whoever that may be, if it's R.J. Barrett, Zion, or even John Morant. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so if they get together, it'll be pretty big for the Knicks. Now, I, I want to ask you guys about Dennis Smith Jr. Obviously, I, I personally believe he's going to stay on the team. They're, he's going to be the point guard for this year. DeAndre Jordan played, Wes Matthews played yesterday in the loss to the Memphis Grizzlies. Do you see them buying out their contracts, staying on the team? And if, if Vinny, I'll go to you because you're the, the Knicks reporter. Would you... Would you say the fan base wants DeAndre Jordan on the team as of right now? I know he's a free agent at the end of the year, but their main, obviously their main purpose is losing these games so they get the number one pick. And I, I don't see Jordan sticking around. I do see Dennis Smith sticking around, though, because he's a younger guy, a lot of potential. Things didn't really work out in Dallas, but I know everybody was saying in that draft, coming away from it, you know, b- before everyone figured out how good each each guy was, the Knicks fan base as a as a whole were saying, Darn, why didn't we get Dennis Smith Jr.? Because he seemed like the guy with the most upside, athleticism, a lot of hype coming out of, even from, from his high school days. So I, I think, you know, in, in a city like New York with a lot of potential, he's, he's a great athlete. If he becomes a more consistent jump shooter, I could see him being a part of a, a really good team. So he's the only he's the only guy there that I think would definitely stick around. But then again, if if Kyrie is in the equation, I don't really know how that would work. I don't know how great he'd be as an off-ball guard, but he's athletic enough that you could give it a try at least. Yeah, just speaking on Dennis Smith, um, this is another point on how dumb the Knicks have been in the past couple <laughs> of years. They could have had Dennis Smith Jr. They yeah. took Frank Nilakina, the pick over DSJ, and this was the guy that everyone wanted. And then like two weeks later, then then they file fire Phil, Phil Jackson, Jackson yeah who made because, the pick <laughs> because they uh Jackson took Neil Aquino cuz he'd be better in the triangle offense mm-hmm. which we know was never going to work out in New York but um i mean i like DSJ uh i hope he's on the team 
for a long enough time. I mean, if we need to trade him for AD, so be it. I, I wouldn't shed any tears over it. But uh, I hope he really grows into his own. Maybe, you know, getting out of the shadow of Luka Doncic, he was basically the main play main playmaker in Dallas. Sort of just putting the balls in his hands this uh this this season and seeing what he can do. I'd re- I'm really interested to see what a guy like Dennis Smith Jr. could do. Let's shift over to the NBA All-Star game. D'Angelo Russell getting his first nod as a replacement for Victor Oladipo. Did you guys have any snubs? Uh, I, I know Andre Drummond was, was snubbed. Then you have Rudy Gobert crying in the locker room, not getting uh, an All-Star nod. Then Nikola Vujovic, he got his All-Star nod, and that's when Drummond kind of went after him. Do you, guys any, do you guys see any snubs in the All-Star game? Um, I think with the way... Rudy Gobert was playing defense. He should have been an all-star. But I don't think anyone... I wouldn't take him above anyone in the West. That's the thing. Uh, Jokic and Anthony Davis have just been so amazing this season. And to pick Rudy Gobert, I mean, you could definitely argue for it. But I think the thing is, maybe the all-star game should be the best players in the league, the best 24 players in the league, and not the best 12 from each conference. Because there is no doubt that Rudy Gobert would have been a all-star in the Eastern Conference. That's a good point you make there, especially with it's not even East versus West anymore that we're doing, so why does it need to be an equal representation from each conference? doesn't really make sense to me, but the whole Gobert crying in the locker room, man, I'm not, I'm not for that. I understand he's, he's upset, but it's like you're, you're a multi-million dollar yeah. sort of franchise centerpiece here, and uh, I guess if it's raw emotion, you can't really fault him, but Come on, man! Crying in the locker room after an All Star snub. Be, be, be focused on the future and all the all the great things that the team can do, rather than your own individual mm-hmm. snub. Vinny, I 100% agree with you because, to be honest, when he's crying in the locker room, I understand he's mad and upset, but it kind of just looks selfish on his part, to be honest with you. This is a team sport, and All-Star is an individual award, an individual accomplishment. I understand players want that, but focus on the team. Like, who who cares? Let's be honest. All, all-star, I mean, Dirk Nowitzki is an all-star this year, and he has one game and I believe, double figures. <laughs> and... and uh, Dwayne Wade's an all-star. He doesn't deserve to be an all-star this year. But I understand why they're doing that, to honor them as they retire. But for Rudy Gobert, focus on the Jazz. Focus on winning. Andre Drummond going after Nikola Vucevic. Focus on the Pistons. What you guys got to do to make the playoffs, stay in the playoffs, and try to compete. This is all petty stuff. And him crying over it, to me, it looks selfish. I mean, Rudy Gobert, to be fair, did lose a million dollars over not being selected as an all-star and on benefits in his contract. But also, to be fair, I think we would, all three of us, would be doing a lot more crying if we lost a million dollars. Okay. I think a million dollars seems a, I think it's a little less to Rudy Gobert. I think he makes around 16 a year. Oh, I no. Think he's he doing, needs a 17. <laughs> I, think he's doing, uh, I think he's doing fine financially. I don't think he has to be crying in the locker room. There's bigger problems than, you know, not going to, uh, you know, Charlotte for the weekend. I think, I think Rudy Gobert will be fine. Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Kemba Walker, the starters for the East. For the West, you got Curry, Harden, Durant, Paul George, and LeBron James. Giannis getting his first captaincy of his career. The first year, All-Stars, Ben Simmons, Nikola Vujovic, D'Angelo Russell, and Nikola Jokic, who definitely deserves it. He seems like he's a triple-double machine. And also, I can't forget Chris Middleton. 
Chris Middleton getting his first All-Star selection. I believe I read somewhere that he is the first All-Star in NBA history that played in the G League. That's pretty special. Yeah, that's true. A lot to be said for the G League. I think they've really been making strides the past couple of years, especially with this new uh, thing the NBA is doing where it's a two-way deal where you'll play half the season in the G League and half the season in the NBA. I think it's really beneficial to players, so that way half the season they can be in an NBA locker room learning what that's like, but they're definitely not playing too much. And then the other half of the season, they're down in the G League, they're getting their reps, and they're you know, really honing their skills. Yeah, that's an awesome stat about Middleton, man. I, I was not aware of that. And just look for the, the G League's importance to increase in coming years with all the issues the NCAA is having. For a lot of these guys, if it's a viable league um, prior to joining the NBA, then I could totally see it eclipsing the NCAA as great as March Madness is and all that. If these guys are getting paid and they think it'll it'll help them, help them with their game before they get to the NBA, then I, c- I can see that um, – sort of becoming the thing that guys do out of high school instead of playing um, playing college ball. Again, this episode, we got to talk about Chris Dapps Porzingis going to the Mavs. We got P. Hudek and Vinny DeBellis' take. That was a lot of fun. Got our take on the All-Star game, the snubs, obviously the starters. And uh, that will just about do it for this episode of Pick and Pod. For Peter Hudek and Vinny DeBellis, I'm Dominic Capone. We'll see you next time.